Hi everyone, I'm Gary Lewis and welcome to the Geo Podcast. And in this episode, I'm going to talk about how we know the age of rocks on our planet by using the natural radioactive decay of some elements. Rocks that make up our planet contain minerals and sometimes those minerals have radioactive elements embedded in their crystal structure. These radioactive elements are unstable and they want to become stable over time and they do this by breaking down. We call it radioactive decay and in the process they release a particle and energy becoming a new element. This may be through one single step or it may be multiple steps from the original radioactive element through to the final element that is created in the process. But to keep it simple, we'll call the original element the parent element and the final element the daughter element. Through multitudes of scientific experiments that are reproduced and reproduced and reproduced, we know how long it takes for half of the parent atoms to become the daughter atoms. And we call this the half-life of the radioactive element. So if we know the half-life and we can measure the amount of the daughter element that remains in the crystal structure, we can calculate the age of that mineral. Different radioactive elements have different half-lives. So, for example, radioactive carbon-14 that then becomes non-radioactive carbon has a half-life of around about 5,000 years. Compare that to radioactive uranium that breaks down to lead has a half-life of 4.5 billion years. So scientists can use different radioactive minerals to date different aged materials. Carbon-14 dating is excellent for measuring things like human remains and is a huge tool for archaeology. However, once the material is close to 60,000 years old, this method becomes unavailable and a different radioactive element with a longer half-life needs to be used. Most rocks on Earth, however, are much older than 60,000 years, so we need to use a radioactive element that has a very long half-life. These methods are known by the parent-daughter pair. So uranium lead or potassium argon or rubidium strontium, just to name a few. So how do we use them to date rocks? In an igneous rock, because the mineral is a certain age, we assume that the rock is also that age, and that makes scientific sense. In a sedimentary rock, the mineral may have actually weathered out of an older rock, and then that piece of sediment containing that mineral has been trapped in a new sedimentary rock. So what we are actually measuring is the age of the original sedimentary rock that that mineral formed in. And in some minerals, like the mineral zircon, it can grow over time. So the zircon itself has got growth rings and we can measure the age of each of the growth rings because we can measure the radioactive mineral in each of the layers. So let's look at a simple example. Imagine we have an igneous rock and it contains a mineral that contains uranium that has radioactively decayed to lead. We know the half-life 
that it takes for that decay to take place is 4.5 billion years. So if we measure the amount of lead and the amount of the original uranium, and there is half of the original uranium that has turned to lead, then one half-life has passed. So the age of that rock is 4.5 billion years, the half-life of uranium to lead. If only one quarter of the original uranium has decayed to lead, then only one half of the half-life has taken place, so 2.25 billion years. Likewise, if three quarters of the original uranium has decayed to lead, then it took one half-life for 50% to go, and you have 50% left, so one more half-life would take away the remaining 25% of that 50%. So that gives us the 75% of uranium has turned into lead, We've had two half-lives, so the age of the rock would be two times 4.5 billion years, making it a 9 billion year old rock. In real life, scientists have very accurate radio decay curves. When they take their measurements, they can read against the curve and find a very accurate age for the rock. There is always a plus or minus error because of things that take place when they're taking the measurements but considering the ages of the rocks that they're measuring, the error is very small. So this radioactive decay method is well tried and tested by the scientific community, and it gives us the very accurate measurement of ages of rocks that contain those radioactive minerals that have decayed. But how do we know that the radioactive decay has been constant over time, that it hasn't sped up or slowed down over the ages of these rocks we're talking? Because we're talking about long periods of time. If you remember back to the start of the podcast, I mentioned that when a radioactive parent element decays to its daughter element, it releases a particle and some energy. And that particle doesn't just hang in the crystal structure. It actually gets shot out of that radioactive element a certain distance based on the rate of decay of that element. Over a period of time, because the radioactive element is decaying, all the particles that are being released are being shot out into the crystal structure in all different directions. And those particles cause damage to the surrounding mineral structure. We see that damage through a microscope as a little halo around the mineral. Remember, the size of the halo is directly related to the rate of decay. So if the rate of decay changes over time, then the halos will be at different sizes in rocks of different ages. But guess what? They're not. The halos are exactly the same size in rocks of all different ages, telling us that the radioactive decay rates have been constant over time. So that's it for this very brief overview of how we use radioactive decay to measure the ages of rocks. But if you like finding out more about things in geoscience, please come and visit us at geoetc.com. That's G-E-O-E-T-C.com. But for now, keep on rocking.